Hello, and welcome back to The Power of Now, A Guide to Spiritual Enlightenment with Gilda and Barbara. We are doing a book study on this book written by Eckhart Tolle, and we hope you have your copy so that you can follow along with us. Today, we are on Chapter 10, Section 1, The Meaning of Surrender, Acceptance of the Now. My name is Barbara Wainwright, and I'm here with Gilda Simonet. Welcome, Gilda. Thank you. Yeah, this is kind of exciting. We're on the last chapter of the book, and I think this chapter has maybe six sections. So we're getting really close to completing this book. And Gilda and I have been talking about what's next when we hit the end of this book. (laughs) Um, We haven't quite decided yet, but we certainly are thinking about doing a live book study in other words inviting other people on with us to do a book study of the power of now so if that's something you're interested in if you would go ahead and send us an email that would be great and my email address is barbara b-a-r-b-a-r-a at wainwrightglobal.com That's W-A-I-N-W-R-I-G-H-T and then global, G-L-O-B-A-L dot com. So we look forward to hearing your thoughts on if you would like to join us for a live book study where we could meet in groups. All right. The Meaning of Surrender, Acceptance of the Now, Chapter 10, Section 1. This one starts with a question as well. You mentioned surrender a few times. I don't like that idea. It sounds somewhat fatalistic. If we always accept the way things are, we are not going to make any effort to improve them. It seems to me what progress is all about, both in our personal lives and collectively, is not to accept the limitations of the present, but to strive to go beyond them and create something better. If we hadn't done this, we would still be living in caves. How do you reconcile surrender with changing things and getting things done. To some people, surrender may have negative connotations, implying defeat, giving up, failing to rise to the challenges of life, becoming lethargic, and so on. True surrender, however, is something entirely different. It does not mean to passively put up with whatever situation you find yourself in and to do nothing about it, nor does it mean to cease making plans or initiating positive action. Surrender is the simple but profound wisdom of yielding to rather than opposing the flow of life. The only place where you can experience the flow of life is the now. So to surrender is to accept the present moment unconditionally and without reservation. It is to relinquish inner resistance to what is. Inner resistance is to say no, to what is through mental judgment and emotional negativity becomes particularly pronounced when things go wrong which means that there is a gap between the demands of rigid expectations of your mind and what is that is the pain gap if you have lived long enough you will know that things go wrong quite often it is precisely at those times that surrender needs to be practiced if you want to eliminate pain and sorrow from your life Acceptance of what is immediately frees you from the mind identification and thus reconnects you with being. Resistance is the mind. Mm. Right. I mean, talked about earlier in the book, 
about if you're in a situation that you don't like, you have three choices. Accept it completely, change it, or leave it. Leave, change, or acceptance. That's Those were the three options, if I remember right. Yes. Surrender is purely inner phenomenon. It does not mean that on the outer level, you cannot take action and change the situation. In fact, it is not the overall situation that you need to accept when you surrender, but just the tiny segment called the now. For example, if you were stuck in the mud somewhere, you wouldn't say, okay, I resign myself to being stuck in the mud. Resignation is not surrender. You don't need to accept an undesirable or unpleasant life situation. Nor do you need to deceive yourself and say that there is nothing wrong with being stuck in the mud. (laughs) No. You recognize fully that you want to get out of it. You then narrow your attention down to the present moment without mentally labeling it in any way. This means that there is no judgment of the now. Therefore, there is no resistance, no emotional negativity. You accept the isness of this moment. Then you take action and do all that you can to get out of the mud. Such action I call positive action. It is far more effective than negative action, which arises out of anger, despair, or frustration. Until you achieve the desired result, you continue to practice surrender by refraining from labeling the now. Let me give you a visual analogy to illustrate the point I am making. You are walking along a path at night, surrounded by thick fog, but you have a powerful flashlight that cuts through the fog and creates a narrow, clear space in front of you. The fog is your life situation, which includes past and future. The flashlight is your conscious presence. The clear space is the now. Non-surrender hardens your psychological form, the shell of the ego. Oh, that makes sense because when you resist something, right, it's like it hits a wall. So it hardens that shell. That makes, that makes a lot of sense. The world around you and people in particular come to be perceived as threatening. The unconscious compulsion to destroy others through judgment arises as does the need to compete and dominate. Even nature becomes your enemy, and your perceptions and interpretations are governed by fear. The mental disease that we call paranoia is only a slightly more acute form of this normal but dysfunctional state of consciousness. Not only your psychological form, but also your physical form, your body, becomes hard and rigid through resistance. Tension arises in different parts of the body, and the body as a whole contracts. The free flow of life energy through the body, which is essential for its healthy functioning, is greatly restricted. Body work and certain forms of physical therapy can be helpful in restoring this flow. But unless you practice surrender in your everyday life, those things can only give temporary symptom relief since the cause, the resistance pattern, has not been dissolved. That makes so much sense to me. There is something within you that remains unaffected by the transient circumstances that make up your life situation. And only through surrender do you have access to it. It is your life, your very being, 
which exists eternally in the timeless realm of the present. Finding this life is the one thing that is needed that Jesus talked about. If you find your life situation unsatisfactory or even intolerable, it is only by surrendering first that you can break the unconscious resistance pattern that perpetuates that situation. Surrender is perfectly compatible with taking action, initiating change, or achieving goals. But in the surrendered state, a totally different energy, a different quality, flows into your doing. Surrender reconnects you with the source energy of being. And if your doing is infused with being, it becomes a joyful celebration of life energy that takes you more deeply into the now. Through non-resistance, the quality of your consciousness and, therefore, the quality of whatever you are doing or creating is enhanced immeasurably. The results will then look after themselves and reflect that quality. We could call this surrendered action. It does not work as we have known it for thousands of years. As more humans awaken, the word work is going to disappear from our vocabulary, and perhaps a new word will be created to replace it. It is the quality of your consciousness at this moment that is the main determinant of what kind of future you will experience. So to surrender is the most important thing you can do to bring about positive change. Any action you take is secondary. No truly positive action can arise out of an unsurrendered state of consciousness. There's a question here and it says... I can see that if I am in a situation that is unpleasant or unsatisfactory and I completely accept the moment as it is, there will be no suffering or unhappiness. I will have risen above it, but I still can't quite see where the energy or motivation for taking action and bringing about change would come. If there isn't a certain amount of dissatisfaction, and Eckhart says, in the state of surrender, you see very clearly what needs to be done, and you take action, doing one thing at a time and focusing on one thing at a time. Learn from nature. See how everything gets accomplished and how the miracle of life unfolds without dissatisfaction or unhappiness. That's why Jesus said, look at the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Mm. So true. If your overall situation is unsatisfactory or unpleasant, separate out this instant and surrender to what is. That's the flashlight cutting through the fog. Your state of consciousness then ceases to be controlled by the external conditions. You are no longer coming from reaction and resistance. Then look at the specifics of the situation. Ask yourself. Is there anything I can do to change the situation, improve it, or remove myself from it? If so, you take appropriate action. Focus not on the 100 things that you will or may have to do at some future time, but on the one thing that you can do now. This doesn't mean that you should not do any planning. It may well be that planning is the one thing you can do now. But make sure you don't start to run mental movies, project yourself into the future, and so lose the now. 
Any action you take may not bear fruit immediately. Until it does, do not resist what is. If there is no action you can take, and you cannot remove yourself from the situation either, then use the situation to make you go more deeply into surrender, more deeply into the now, more deeply into being. When you enter this timeless dimension of the present, change often comes about in strange ways without the need for a great deal of doing on your part. Life becomes helpful and cooperative. Its inner factors such as fear, guilt, or inertia prevented you from taking action. They will dissolve in the light of your conscious presence. Do not confuse surrender with an attitude of I can't be bothered anymore, <laughs> or I just don't care anymore. If you look at it closely, you will find that such an attitude is tainted with negativity in the form of hidden resentment. And so it is not surrender at all, but masked resistance. As you surrender, direct your attention inward to check if there is any trace of resistance left inside you. Be very alert when you do so. Otherwise, a pocket of resistance may continue to hide in some dark corner in the form of a thought or an unacknowledged emotion. Well, that's the end of this section. And he's talking about inner resistance again. And I like the question that was asked at the beginning, which is, don't we need these challenges or this dissatisfaction in order to get things done? It's an interesting question, and I think it comes from a, I don't know, maybe an egoic perspective, because we are creative beings. Human beings are creative. We tend to want to express creativity in some way or another, whether it's through art or you know, just doing the little things, I mean, doing a flower arrangement, you know, I, I have essential oils going right now and I love the smell. So just creating a nice environment to sit in, you know, whether that's through essential oils or maybe it's the temperature in the room. I think we have that within us. I think it's built into us to want to create and to create things that make us feel good. And if it comes from a, I'll say, a place that's connected to source or connected to all that is, knowing that, like he said in the last section, we are all connected, we're all one, that if I hurt you, I hurt me indirectly, but I still hurt me. I think we have an innate knowing within each of us that that is true and that I don't know, unless we've been hurt, because hurt people hurt people. We've heard that expression before, that if we are coming from that place of wholeness and goodness, which I think most people are born with, then we want to create peace. We want to create happiness. We want to create joy. We want to do things that make others feel good because it makes us feel good. <laughs> right. So I don't know if we need bad things to happen in order to give us motivation to do good things. I think that's something that's innate within us, in my opinion. I agree with that. I, do, I, I have nothing to add because <laughs> you, you said it well. Oh, thank you. Okay. Well, that's the end of chapter 10, section one. And 
Next week, we'll be back with chapter 10, section two. Very exciting. And like I said, we're getting close to the end of this book. If you have ideas or suggestions you would like to share with us, please send an email to barbara at wainwrightglobal.com. I look forward to hearing from you, and I'm sure Gilda does as well. Until next time, stay brilliant. Bye for now. Bye. If you've enjoyed this podcast and you'd like to go deeper into a spiritual conversation and perhaps even earn a credential as a certified spiritual coach, we encourage you to go to our website, lifecoachtrainingonline.com, and check out our courses, or give us a call at 800-711-4346.